That'll do because it's both of ours. Sweet. What's up? Special impromptu last minute guest in the house. It is just taking a break from dad life. <laughs> My brother, Danny Meller. I'm hoping this turns into an episode of Family Feud. (laughs) (laughs) I think those days are long gone, actually. They truly are. We were much more boisterous in our younger years. Yeah. Yeah. Your enjoyment of fucking with me has decreased significantly. I just don't get it. There's just not not as much exposure. Yeah. I don't get to do it as much anymore. If you don't see someone that regularly and then all you do is fuck with them when you see them, you're just going to see them less. Mm. Yeah. My reactions to relatively mundane arguments have increased significantly also. <laughs> My disdain for awkward situations usually ends in anger and that was saying always terrible, been always, there is nothing new. saying terrible things that might make people cry. You know. <laughs> we found out last week Scott told a story where you um habitually bullied someone on the bus home and um Oh yeah. Do you remember we used to go to the GBT? No, it was the other G spot. Remember the spot next I to do. it? I yeah. No one could find I it. I remember being well. in there one time and this dude was like, um, yeah, losing his shit at me and bouncers were pulling him back and he was like, you ruined my life. It's like, you bullied me so badly and all this. And I was like, did I? And then as he was getting dragged away, I was like, oh, you think I'm Danny? <laughs> yeah. That must have been one of my earliest successes. <laughs> <laughs> to my defense, he would have done something. <laughs> Really minor. <laughs> something something not notable or memorable <laughs> that led to that, yeah. What most people don't know is we moved out together when we were- How old were you? 16? Uh, yeah, just before my 17th birthday. Yeah. You had license to drink and everything from that age. Yeah. I don't consider myself to be like a much of a bully or like a mean person, but I was thinking back when we used to go, I think Tuesday was like pay night and we used to get- Karaoke night. Yeah, man. karaoke night at GBT. I mean, Danny would just pull up chairs at a table in the GBT. And when people were singing, if they were bad, we'd just howl like wolves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Until that guy that had made that many bad life decisions that he ran a Tuesday night karaoke <laughs> night. At GBT, until he just turned the music off and they walked <laughs> just, off stage in shame. Just defeated. Well, but dude, these, was halfway through Better Man. <laughs> this was the best time of some people's week. Like they'd get up, they'd get dressed up in their collared shirts and stuff and get up on stage. And that was their sort of claim to fame, you know, before they got ushered out of the room of Australian Idol auditions. I used to sing in there. I used to do White Wedding by Billy Idol. Yeah, and they used to hardcore. scream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just screaming to the mic and until then they turn always it off. get banned. I'm like, start again. <laughs> <laughs> used to set fire to um, Sam Booker's. Oh, who was it? Who was it? Your mate. I can't remember. Your mate. That's like, I can do that. I can do that, and then just set his face on fire. Have you ever done this, dude? Uh, I haven't personally, but I was at a party once for a dude at a flaming shot of Bacardi One Five One, which is like petrol. Yeah. And it doesn't go out very easily and went to shoot it, but tried to be too smart and kind of threw it back and just went all over his face. (laughs) He's literally walking around the party with his face on fire. (laughs) We were terrorists, man. Literally meet some crew, party, drink, and then you'd be like, oh, give us four shots of um, Black Sambuca. You'd put it in your mouth and keep your head tilted upwards. Mm. And then you'd- Get your lighter and you'd light it. If you weren't expecting it, it would be kind of concerning. But all you need to do is close your mouth and the flame's going to go out. But you never told anyone that. So, you used to just go, take the shot, 
I'd do it and everyone would be like, oh, crazy. And then you get them to do it. And they'd instantly just blow flame. (laughs) (laughs) They're running around like an Olympic torch. And then you just got everyone covered in black tar. (laughs) Yeah, there's been a few. There's been guys that thought that it was like uh, fire breathers where they put the shot in their mouth and then light the lighter and spray it. There has been many bar staff looking like they'd just been inked by a squid. (laughs) That's all I used to spend money on. I had enough for rent and alcohol. And Tuesday was payday and we'd just get- um, so I don't know how I did it right because rent was a hundred and twenty-five bucks a fortnight each. High like, high-end Joondalup apartment. Yeah, and I was um, nine hundred. I think a day. it's actually a part of the <laughs> car park of Lakeside Joondalup now. No, no, it's still there. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's like ex- ex- Lakeside is extended. I'm to- still I'm still trying to claw my way out of that black hole. You know. <laughs> So I'll still live there. Yeah, you're still staying there. <laughs> I've actually gone down. I've moved to the other side of the lake. But um, I was in a second-year apprentice. I don't know how. Back then, I still managed to drink every night. It was As, insane. Like, I think about, like, the amount. Did you do that as well? Did you just binge drink from, like, 18? Absolutely. It was, like, such a thing that it everyone was, did. It was one of those things you're trying to test the water and try and, like, work out what your drink is so you drink everything. Oh, the first time I ever had a depth charge was at fucking 18. What's a depth charge? A pint of beer and you drop a shot of vodka in it. it it's AIDS. Yeah. Why would anyone want to do that? Mm. But you did that sort of thing at that age. <laughs> it's just lucky we didn't do drugs. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I didn't until I was 22. Yeah, I until I was, like, well into my 20s. Even me and you, when we went traveling together, we didn't really do. I think we the first time when we went to Europe, we didn't do any drugs at all. No, nah, I remember the first. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, first, first dinger I ever had was on my twenty first birthday. Yeah, if that would have come around the like heavy drinking age, I would have been dead. I would have been out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have been outside the apartment <laughs> I own now, screaming. <laughs> Instead of inside, screaming at them, collecting cans. You'd live in a rental three doors down from me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was pretty lucky that I, going back to my sort of disdain for sort of the human race as a whole, <laughs> apart from the people that I hold dear to me, people on drugs used to just irritate me to no end so when that sort of scene started to come around a lot of friends of mine and like even to this day they talk about it they're like man like if we were like doing pills you'd be like no worries man i'll see you tomorrow and you just leave like five minutes before we went to town so i had no interest in being around people that were doing them and it it didn't it wasn't really my hatred for the drugs so much as i wasn't going to take it and everyone around me that was, was just going to annoy me. In a time in my life where I wasn't very good at making good decisions, it was sort of like a line that I stuck with, like straight down until I was until I was in my like early to mid-20s, yeah. which was probably a great relief to you at the time since you were essentially responsible for me. Yeah, I was technically your guardian. guardian. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a definition of the blind leading a blind. That I is. know. <laughs> But we made it. If this we made is, it. I was just at the zoo making, with your children. Yeah. If this is, I'm made, like, man, my job is, is done. It, we fully made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could have gone very negative. Yeah. Where were you kicking it when you were growing up? Um, what bars and stuff? Frio. Yeah. Right. Frio. Because I remember when we met. I think we met. I was about 25. Yeah. It was like talking to 
the same person. <laughs> yeah. But you just existed on the opposite side of the river. Correct, yeah. Was like, oh, yeah we okay. didn't know that good people came from that side of the river. Mm. I know, and vice versa. And I lived on it. <laughs> Which sort of just confirmed my suspicions. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, I used to catch the bus with all the South the River people and it was not good. He was a rich kid. He was going to a rich kid school and- I was a poor kid mean? going you're, to yeah, a rich kid school. He was going to- <laughs> What do you mean was? <laughs> <laughs> Look at his shirt. <laughs> you're poor and wear clothing like that. <laughs> just came straight from an OnlyFans shoot. I'm feeling very fashion. So we're the ones that today. we're the ones that just came from the zoo. <laughs> they sold that. I saw that in the fucking gift store. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not going to shit on you. I respect it because I am completely terrified to wear anything other than black t-shirts. <laughs> Same. This is this is me being very very yeah, vulnerable today. <laughs> Imagine if it goes really well for you tonight in some way, and you're just like, I'm the leopard man now. Yeah, you're dressed like. Animal Some print flamboyant maitre d' from print White Lotus on, on pants. <laughs> that would be a vibe. That, that just takes that just takes you back to your emo days where skin tight. Yeah. So now I refuse to express pants. myself through clothing now unless I'm wearing golf attire. <laughs> mm. In which case, anything goes. <laughs> this is where you guys have become closer to the mold than I have. Didn't we get halfway through a round once and then just say fuck it and go to the pub? I'm quite sure that happened. Yeah, I played with you the day after you'd walked off after eight holes of a competition. That's right, yeah, and I was still playing shit. Yeah, and then we're like, we'll play 18, we'll make it right, and then I think by where we should have been on the 13th, we're at at a pub in Gosnells or something. Yeah, (laughs) no, we went to East Perth, the Royal. Yeah, (laughs) touche. Sometimes that's a better place to be. Yeah, Yeah. I, uh, I agree, especially on that day. What happened to the shelter beer? Was it shelter beer that you you guys were drinking? Yeah, so Matt like? used to work in this studio and then he just went and had a kid. Selfish. And he just doesn't drop off the beers anymore. People do that, eh? Can't have a kid. Just having kids. So selfish. How dare they? <laughs> the worst, in my opinion. They should just do what I did and just give birth to two 30-year-old women. They rule. I mean, I am biased, but I was at the zoo today and I was like, I hate children, except for yours. I was like, this is, these guys are cool. And then I realized, because we went to lunch afterwards, and they were running around like absolute terrorists, which didn't bother me at all. And I was, I was, like, men. I was like, oh, everyone's going to hate your kids. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Everyone external to us is just like, why are they letting their children run around screaming? Because like, they're some, hilarious. a slight bit of satisfaction when they're sort of looked after when they're annoying other people. Because if they get too far out of line, then other people will go, hey, control your kids. I'm like, thanks for watching them. (laughs) (laughs) When do you get over that sort of secondhand anxiety of of your kids fucking up other people's experiences? Or does that just turn off as soon as they're born? That was one of the greatest perks of having children. I'm really biased because, like, obviously they're my girls. I love them to bits, right? But um, we try to sort of push them, like, Addie's four now. Uh, Lola turned two yesterday. So we try to push them into being good people, right? Mm. Like the worst thing is, is there's no book on having kids and parenting them, right? And this is just like the huge cliche. But now there's the internet. So you could find someone that preaches your opinion no matter what it is. Like, So there's no way of finding good information. Mm. 
you know, because you can always find reputable people that will argue both sides of every story, right? So we've just sort of like wheeled it back and just been like, we just need to make them good people to be around, you know, which they're always going to be good people to be around to us because they're our kids, Mm. but just their interactions. Like, So you you tend to concentrate on, on their interactions a lot more and it's sort of a constant to and fro. Because a lot of their bad traits are part of the best part of their personality. If does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they do things, and you just and it's just them being them, and you just want them to be them. You never want them to pretend to be anywhere anyone else. So, man, it's a fucking minefield, eh? Like it, it makes my head spin. It is literally just at least three times a day of just crippling anxiety of whether or not you're doing the right thing. And then I don't know how Tara does it on a daily basis and just keeps it chill and keeps them alive man Lola i start, think they do that Lola as well. started vaping the other day by accident <laughs> but i don't think she'll do it again <laughs> but she she charged it man <laughs> she was coming over to show me a rock right she was like daddy a rock and i'm like yep yeah, one second because something was happening like that i don't know Addy was probably going somewhere dangerous. <laughs> so I put my vape down on the table, which I never do because Addy also did this, <laughs> right? And I got halfway to where I was and turned back and Lola had it in her mouth and she was like. <laughs> 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 but she even did like the breathe out before she finished breathing in. Like, so it was coming out of her nose. It was coming out of her nose and the light's still going on the underneath of it. And I'm like, oh, no. And like my brother and sister-in-law have, were just walking in the door and Lola's just sitting there in a ball of smoke, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not good. Lesson learned. Father of the year. Yeah, but lesson learned for her as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want to make an atheist, send him to a Catholic school. If you want to make a kid that doesn't smoke, just give him a smoke. <laughs> that's it. That was always the thing when you were a kid. It was like, if you get caught smoking, then the real tough dads would be like, now you're going to smoke a whole pack in front of me. Like, I don't yeah, I don't know if I can do it. Eh? Like even just being there today, I was like, I wouldn't be able to maintain the concentration to be a father. Like I would like to. I like. I think I'd be probably a good dad, but at the same time, I'm like, it would just take so much. It'd be such a monumental shift from what I am currently that I I just can't fucking see it. Yeah, but no one can, man. Until until a child turns up. Like, yeah, but you chose to have you made that decision, right? Yeah, but even then, you still can't see it. But it it just is what it is. It's like a, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a chemical thing. But it just like I've got chronic ADD, right? And I were, used to work away, and then when I was home, I was home. When I was away, I was away. Now I work eight minutes from home. See the kids every night. It's amazing. Get to put them to bed every night. Went away for the first time in over a year uh, this week just gone and was incredibly hard to be away. I never thought it would be. Tara has the – she can sort of be doing six things and still know where they are. If I'm watching Lola, say, she'll be like, where's Lola? I'll be like, she's just there. But she'll do that like all the time, right? Like because she's just – It's like a mum echo sounder. She's overwatch. She's overwatch, right? (laughs) And it's not like I lean on that or anything. Like if I'm watching the kids, I'm watching the kids. But it is inc- incredibly hard because they'll only do bad shit when you're not watching. 
not even on purpose. Like if no, like today at at the pub when we were getting lunch, like Lola starts running. She to the road. Do that. For the road. Yeah. <laughs> she was like For Mill Point Road. Yeah. yeah. And um, just sending it. And if no one watched, she wouldn't have got a reaction, so she would have kept going. So see how she like runs and looks back. Mm. And then as soon as she sees someone, they're like, ah, and she stops and plays. But if she didn't get a reaction, she just kept going until she got one. But the reaction might have been from a four-wheel drive on the street. It's oh, terrifying. Shit, yeah. it's ter- dude, it's terrifying for me being around it. You got nephews. Mm-hmm. You're the same. You're just like, I'm watching them. Like I was watching them at the zoo as if I was like, like actual Overwatch. But if you ever need any reassurance, you just go to Centrelink and see a crackhead with 11 kids over 10. <laughs> and, they're like, yeah, you and they're kept all them alive. alive. Can't yeah. be that hard. So yeah, it's true. Like, they never got watched. There's a million things, Ben. Like it's like with me and me and mum and dad and then trying to get like the good from that and try to push the good and then not give and then find an alternative for the bad. It's not like I'm not going to be like they were. I'm going to be better or whatever, but like no one's perfect, right? And like my relationship with mum and dad wasn't has had its ups and downs, you know. So it wouldn't be fair to not try to be better than your parents were, right? Like that's you should always strive to be. Yeah, better. you always strive to be better. Yeah. yeah, from your point of view, it's not just going. Well, I'm not going to do that. In order to not do that in that situation, you need an alternative for it. And I haven't even scratched. I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old, man. Like I haven't even scratched the surface. And I, and I have no idea the world that they're growing up in. Like we're so far removed from the last eight to ten years. I have no idea what kids are going through. No, oh, nothing. I sat on I, – I got TikTok again the other week and I sat on there for like ten minutes and I just hatefully went to sleep. <laughs> I hated every single thing that I saw. I was like, and it just made me even more solidified to the idea that I was like trying to, you know, we spoke about with this, like trying to get better reach or like show people, like have more people listen and stuff. It's like, that is not the place for it because I am literally just full of negativity towards everything that exists on there. Men in their early 20s dancing, rapping the same fucking Central Sea song. I'm like. The only people to successfully do that is NSYNC. Yeah, exactly. And no even one, then, it no was, even then it was that weird. was funny. It was pretty tongue in cheek. You know what I mean? The fact that people used it as they got their fashion cues from it, I thought was that was the funniest bit was seeing how it rolled out into You society. had some frosted tips. Yeah, you had, some, you had some frosted tips. Yeah, but not not NSYNC frosted tips. They were more like Snapcase or like gay new metal. Yeah, it was definitely. Tips. It could have been Linkin Park. It was it could not. Have been, it was not the angle I was going for at the time. <laughs> yeah, you had an eyebrow ring as well. You had a Drazic. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and the universe sorted that out for me. <laughs> <laughs> One faithful night in London, which I believe I was on the phone to you, asking you to come and pick me up. Yes, <laughs> from the West End of London while you were in Perth. That's a big drive. Mm. I didn't care, man. I was lying on a cobblestone road that was probably laid in like the 16th century (laughs) looking for my eyebrow ring without moving. (laughs) He called me from London. No, he called me from Edinburgh. Glasgow. Glasgow. I was at my office in Leadable 
and he called me and he was like, I'm at the airport. I have no money. I've just gotten a fight. I just want to come home. And I was like, <sighs> I had started my business about, it would have been maybe five months before. And this is before you knew how hectic a tax bill could be. So you're oh, just yeah. like, yeah, man, I got bulk coin. <laughs> we still don't talk about tax bills. That wasn't even that I knew about how hectic tax bills were. It was that I didn't know how hectic, um, yeah, just bills in general. So I was designing T-shirts. I was printing T-shirts. Bands would come in with a bunch of cash on a Friday, hand it over to me. I'd order the shirts, get that stuff printed. But the shirt bills were like 60 days. So 60 days was long enough enough for me to not consider that. I had yeah, a money clip. Days is- I used to just put money in a money clip and I'd like go out and be like, 60 days is wicked when you have a four-day memory, man. Like, yeah, exactly. That bill doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, it didn't exist for a long time until it compounded to $60,000. This is how long ago it was. I went to flight center in Leadable. I was like, my brother's at the airport in Glasgow now. What can we do? We can get him on a flight in like three hours or something like that. You were home like the next day or the day after. Yeah, I remember because I flew out like literally an hour later. You were like, I'll rally all the troops. I was like, we'll get everyone together and we'll go to Amps because back when you were that young, you could just not sleep for 30 hours and then go out on a bender. And just get hammered. Yeah. So landed and I remember I slept. I must have been so sleep deprived because I just partied the whole time I was in Glasgow. But I remember descending into Perth and I'd been asleep for like the whole flight, the whole Dubai to Perth leg. And I said to the um, flight host guy, I was like, man, I'm, I've got like no money and I'm about to land in Perth after being away for three months or whatever it was. And I'm meeting all the boys out. So like I was kind of counting on being pretty lubricated by the time I landed. So he's like, yeah, I got you, man. And he just gave me four of like a beer bottle size bottles of red wine that was like the driest red wine and he's like you've got like three minutes man (laughs) (laughs) like i could see lights in houses over the coming over the hills and i was just like blocked nose just like just trying to drink it was like drinking a can of deodorant (laughs) and i landed i was pretty steaming i reckon by the time i landed but i remember you were like i'll pay you back i'll pay i was like it's all good dude i know you'll pay me back I paid you back about eight years later, I think. You paid me back in like $20 installments <laughs> over in eight year period. Yeah. And yeah. half of it was like, oh, dude, no, I'll give I you, t- I'll knock 20 bucks off your bill if you like <laughs> yeah, my go and get like, a kebab. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, do my dishes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a rent inspection, <laughs> which I kind of had to do anyway because I was living on the couch yeah. and, he, and he had a cat. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was, it's funny because I look back on that, it was actually some of the fucking best times. But I just, I, it's so funny to think back about like just how hard everyone in our era binge drank. Oh, did you remember pre drinks, drinks at your place in Aberdeen Street? Was there'd be four of us and it'd be two bottles of absolute vodka mm. before we went out drinking. I can't even conceive that now. And I then like we go two to two beers and I'm we've got a headache. Then we go to a it's pathetic. My old self would be mad at me. And then we go to Ibar and there'd just be the staff would just be constantly pouring trays of 30, 40 shots for everyone in the everyone in the room, drinking them out of tequila and What did you do? Out. What was your before you were eighteen boozers? Did you go to did you used to go to Northbridge and stuff? Before I was eighteen. Yeah. 
didn't really, only like a couple of times. The Dean got into the Zanzibar once, which was in the harbour side. Zanzibar. Zanzibar, Zanzibar, Zanzibar. was the bomb, man, yeah. when it used to shoot flames out as you walked up the stairs. The that was such a commit going from Joondalup to oh, the yeah. freaking Zanzibar, yeah. man, because you were, like if you didn't get that last train, you were like, I'm not getting a train home till 7 a.m. Yep. Well, it was good when I worked at Black Betty's because it was all the same. They owned all the same places. So it was like Black Betty's, Aberdeen, Harborside. So you'd work like Friday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday at Betty's, and then you go Sunday um, to the Yeah, you're in that hospo, hospo world. Yeah. And then so you'd get hammered, and then you just get a lift home by someone that worked or crashed at someone's house that worked down that way. And you'd get bar cards for doing promo work. Hospo. <coughs> Man, the funniest one, the funny. This was actually, I'll tell my side of the story because I don't know. The memory is kind of not very reliant. Are you you going to talk about, I'm not sure what you're going to talk about. (laughs) So we were living, a bit terrified. We were living in Joondalup and um, we didn't have a key. (laughs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have a key for the house. I'm sure there was one somewhere, but the door was unlocked for a year, two years, or however long we lived there, right? And, and is this um, the girl in your bed story? When I got raped. <laughs> <laughs> that happened a lot to Scott. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I went, I don't know where I've been, but I opened, I went to open the door and the door was barricaded. And I was like, what the fuck is the door barricaded for? Like it wasn't locked. The door just wouldn't open. Managed to get it open a little bit. I'm like, Danny. I'm pretty sure you were covered in blood. Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was a child as well. He was like maybe 18 years old. I, My understanding of it was an underage kid from the kebab shop had gone to the local pub. Something had happened and he'd gotten a punch up. The bouncers had thrown him out and he'd started swinging on everyone. So the bouncers just beat the shit out of him because they were idiots as well. And he was from some crime family, and he's gone back to the kebab shop and got one of those knives that you cut the kebab. No, it's a box cutter. He came back and just started slashing up every bouncer out the front of the club. Looking at it now, it's like this kid essentially has gone in underage to a pub and is probably from a background that is like, we don't take shit from people, right? Not a great deal different than sort of me at that age and down there when I worked out that if you hit someone, they usually like fuck off. And a lot of the time they don't do anything about it. Like, um, so he's been thrown out. He but he would have been massively underage. So the the irony is the bouncers would have known who he was and known that he was underage, and it would have been all matey and rah rah, and you can come in because they wanted to be as cool as these guys that he was associated with that hmm. were tough guys. Yeah, and they were. They were they were tough dudes, man. Like they were. Yeah, they and, made um, a mean kebab. <laughs> savage kebabs, man. <laughs> savage kebabs. But um, he's been embarrassed because he thinks he's mates with all the bouncers and the bouncers are like, get the fuck out. All right. And he's come back and he's like, oh, no, it's all good, man. It's all good. And walked up to him and then stabbed one of them in the stomach with a box cutter and then slashed another one of them. And then like two or three of the other bouncers got cut as well. Like he just started swinging a Stanley knife around. Eventually came around that another bouncer just came down the stairs and just laid him out. But then bouncers being bouncers back then beat the shit out of this kid. A chaos broke out. The irony was that the only people that weren't there were the police who were 600 metres away at the, yep. at at the, the police, station, police station. Right? Yeah. So they're like, you're the tallest glassy we have. 
you're going to have to stand on the door. And I'm like, what the fuck does tall have to do with anything, man? Like, Oh, so they just put you on the- I just got a tag. They just put a tag on me, right? And I'd just been cleaning a dude up in the bathroom that had been slashed with a Stanley knife, so I was covered in blood. The dude that ran the kebab shop, who was a bad motherfucker, like, comes up and he's like, hey, man, what's going on? And I knew who he was. And I'm like, it's all good, man. Your boy's around there. I didn't really see the danger in the situation, but push came to shove and he's like, no, nah, I just want to talk to him. And the bouncer's like, nah, and pushed him back. And, and he leant over the bouncer. He's like, I fucking know where you live. I'm going to fucking kill you. Like somehow it turned around that I yeah, was the guy that blood, caused yeah. the whole fucking thing. And I'm like, wait, man, nah, that's not what happened. Rah, rah. And he was losing his shit. And I had no doubt that he knew where I lived because <laughs> it was only about 11 metres away. And um, being 18, I fucking shit myself. <laughs> like good and proper. And I come home not and to mention probably- that, Not to mention that all these guys that pretended to be tough guys that ran and worked at GBT just went flat out Barley's men. Yeah. They were like, it's cool, man. They think it's Danny. How did it resolve in the end? We have to talk I don't to know. Him Cop, cops turned up though. Like one of them essentially drew a weapon. Yeah, shit. Um, and that calmed things down. Relatively quickly. Junior was a shithole, dude. I didn't realize when I was there. I just thought that was completely normal. And it's still gone. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't go out to clubs and stuff anymore, really. I mean, I go out the odd time when I'm away at work, like places like Kalgoorlie and stuff, and things kick off from time to time, but usually like in the early hours. And most people are wearing their company logos. So it doesn't end particularly well for the people involved. But I think 90% of the big hoo-ha, like especially when we were running the club nights and stuff, bouncers just inflated a bad situation. They were in a position to deflate the situation and they didn't. And that's that's why like you've had Jack on here and stuff and like what they're doing is trying to sort of turn the turn the tide of being like the hospitable security company like the friendly security company which yeah blake said that it's more like customer service now yeah it was pretty wild pretty wild fucking place to grow was it similar everywhere everywhere has its pockets like frio was pretty bad at one point but you know you kind of find out who the the regular dead shits are you know and you tend to avoid them like it's funny i didn't deal we didn't deal with any of it when we started running clubs it's the people you hang around with. Speak for yourself, man. I got punched in the head in front of the bouncer at yeah. the door. I did that for 10 years. Never got a mark on me. The only time I got in a scrap was when I threw a punch at someone for you because you were arguing with them over something and I missed. And the dude was like laughing. It yeah. might have been the As same. He, fighting now. It might have been the yeah, same. Yeah, no, he was laughing. He was like, you know that when someone laughs, like they're like, oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> and I was like, I bet you can't because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> that, was like, that was like that night that me, Diggins, and um, call it the sleeves. This was another entertaining thing where I just kind of woke up into a situation where I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, so it was, was like 2, 2 a.m. Would have been 2 a.m. We've been drinking pretty heavily. Go out on the balcony for a smoke. Yeah, and I look over the street and there was a guy beating a girl like senseless. But, and I'm like, what's going on there? And they sort of moved into the light and I could see it was a chick in a dress just getting – she was like this, like, sort of hanging off this guy and this guy had hold of her arm and he was just punching her in the face. And I'm like, Ugh. I wasn't in the best company to go and confront 
<laughs> do, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I'm not a good fighter in any stretch of the imagination. I my enthusiasm for it probably <laughs> overcomes, overcomes my ability. Yeah. So anyone that's that's trained in fighting would probably be licking their lips. So I ran over the street, couldn't get out the couldn't get out the gate because you always had a dodgy door of the apartment building. Couldn't get out the front door, jumped over the driveway gate and then ran out. And as we ran over there, these like three dudes just sort of appeared out of the trees and they're like, it's got nothing to do with you, man, leave it alone. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> there's but someone you, getting, you kinda, there's a girl getting you know, punched. Yeah, there's a girl getting beaten up. Like, I'm not going to yeah. go and like knight in shining armour, like beat this guy up. We're going to stop but, this situation. But we're just going to try and, yeah. And you would have been um, there being like, Diggins, Anthony. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Attack. <laughs> but, yeah, turning up with simple plan doesn't really doesn't really intimidate many people. So I've been sobered up by the adrenaline, but the soberness was only in my brain, not in my coordination, clearly. So I've just thrown everything I had at punching this guy in the face and he just disappeared. Like, <laughs> and I swung that hard that I that when I missed, I almost put my shoulder out. <laughs> and then as I missed and almost fell over, he just appeared again and punched me about four or five times <laughs> in the face. Like adrenaline kicks in again and I sort of put my head down and ran through this group of guys and got hold of this guy that was beating this chick up and threw him on the ground and got on top of him knowing that I was about to get mobbed. So I was just sort of elbowing this guy in the face so I could stop getting – like I had my head hand over my head and um, and as I went to stand up, I hear, get off my boyfriend, and I turned around and got kicked in the face by his missus. By the girl <laughs> by, that he by, was beating by up. By a girl with one completely closed black eye. <laughs> and um, so she sort of did better than Diggins. Yeah, but, yeah for real. <laughs> well, Diggins didn't know where he was. It's like, I need yeah, to get, he was, I woke up I to, to get phone Scott call. to call me a taxi so I can get home and the police turned up. And I couldn't work out what was going on because Diggins just seemed really drunk, but he had no idea where he was. He was in the loop. You know where you just caught in yeah. that absolute loop? Yeah. And then we had to take both of them to the hospital, <laughs> and, and you- which Anthony worked at, that he was supposed to be at work the following morning. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself in a position where there is something extremely heavy to pick up and you do not have the physical attributes to be able to manage it? I have. I know Scott has. And if you find yourself in a similar predicament, you should reach out to Jackson Moore at Perth Fork Trucks. These boys have been servicing the Perth Fork Trucking industry for over a decade? Maybe more. I don't know. It's been a long time. We don't have that information. They are experts, though. You can guarantee that. The guys are currently running a promo up until December where you can enter for free to win yourself a forklift. Now, I'm personally thinking about entering just so I can drive it down Murray Street and move any idiot that doesn't know how to merge properly. If you're interested in winning your own very own fork truck, go to perthforktrucks.com.au. The link is going to be down in the description below or reach out to Jackson Moore. Aldo and Dylan, the minds behind Bicep, are not only avid fans of this podcast, but also operators of cyclist event construction and crewing, the powerhouse behind construction of countless events, concerts, and festivals here in WA. During the challenging times of COVID, Aldo and Dylan launched Bicep Labor as a way to keep their highly skilled and devoted team employed. 
or started as a solution, has now evolved into becoming Australia's most beloved on-demand team, bringing the same fast pace and unwavering work ethic of their event crew to the warehousing, supply chain, building, and construction industries. Joint companies like Galvin's Plumbing, Precision Cabinets, Total Data Center, and Blue Builders, who rely on Bicep to navigate the ever-changing demands of their businesses. Whether or not you need to scale up or down, Bicep has you covered. The best part is Bicep's extending a special offer exclusively for Club Good podcast listeners. You can get 10% off an entire month of labor requirements. Just head to bicepslabor.com forward slash podcast, which is written underneath us here. Take advantage of that deal and shout out to Aldo and Dylan for sponsoring the pod. Back to the podcast. What did you have? Well, you said the Firefest. Yeah, that's fucking old mates have another crack, apparently. Is it just a social media thing or are they going in? No, no you remember Firefest? Yeah, yeah, that, like that festival they made a Jaru. documentary about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, he went to jail for that, for fraud. Yeah. And he's out and now he's doing Firefest V2. You're kidding. And people are buying tickets. But it's fucking genius because. Dude, it was 2017. That was oh, God, five that's a years while ago. ago. It's kind of genius, though, because people are fucking fuckwits and they're like it's it's almost like a meme to buy a ticket to Firefest V2 yeah, so here's for real. the irony he could he could literally promote it as being as shit as it was yes. advertised yeah. and, it would, and it would fucking it would sell, sell out. out and he wouldn't go to jail because he would have advertised yeah. it as being a fucking disaster yeah you can have a bunch of like influencers and stuff and like oh I'm going yeah, to Firefest yeah, yeah. to like show you how bad it is I wonder yeah, if Jar Rule's connected this time because sh- so. it being shit will get more views yeah, he's going to be rich, man. Genius. That was the final nail in Jarrell's coffin. Of <laughs> all those beatings he'd taken by 50 Cent. I think the- he was like, we're going to party like rock stars and fuck like porn stars. It's like, shut the fuck up, Jarrell, <laughs> so, you loser. The last word that Jarrell said that anyone listened to was, Monica, <laughs> I was just thinking that in my head. Eh? <laughs> it was over for Jarrell at that point. Even, even in Fast and Furious, he was a cock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Menage. Man, that um that Dave Chappelle skit about 9-11 when they're like, let's cross to Jar Rule and see what Jar Rule thinks. <laughs> Jar Rule might not have the answers to the questions I have right now. <laughs> I went down a massive Instagram rabbit. So Tara Addy had been having some trouble sleeping, so Tara laid with Addie to get her to sleep last night and she it had been Lola's birthday, we'd had cake and stuff late, so so she wasn't going to sleep. And um so as often happens, I'm sitting on the couch just going down the Instagram real black hole and I just ended up with, and it's never really happened before, I usually just get bored and watch a documentary or something, but of hilarious reels, like absolutely hilarious reels. And I don't know how I didn't wake, wake both the girls up and Tara because I was crying. Because <laughs> you know when you just get like, they just go back to back to back to back and I was just yeah, like. But it ends up like the funniest home videos montage, yeah. Like tears rolling down my face. The dog was coming and howling at me. I was making that many. <laughs> oh man, I failed my drug test. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, how? No, I mean, what makes it worse is that I did the drug test like two months after I didn't smoke weed or anything. I did the drug test and I was like, ah, I'm going to smoke a joint like <laughs> immediately. So I'm now not going to be able to do another one for a while. Fucking Valium. 
Valium did it. Yeah, someone gave me a Valium a few weeks ago and I took it to sleep. How long do you wait after taking it? Two weeks. Fuck, and it stays in for that long. Yeah. I just, they called me and they were like, uh, you took benzodiazepine? I was like, oh, I think I took a Valium two weeks ago to sleep. I was, I was like, I didn't realize it'd show up. They're like, have you ever been prescribed that? I'm like, I think so. I was like, I'm 40 fucking one years old. Like, I couldn't sleep, so I took a Valium. Are we all, we're going to pretend that that's like not a normal fucking thing. <laughs> so they're going to get back to me. But if it is what it is, man. And the world wants an unmedicated scarmella, then fucking (laughs) you're going to get what you wish for. Don't need a prescription for meth anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's my future. It'll make the podcast more entertaining. (laughs) Fuck, as I um, my this is pretty fucking sad, but um, my barber has a, a customer who's been coming in regularly for like three, four years. Super fit. Uh, he's like 35, 36. Has a couple of kids, had like a weird skin like thing, like it was kind of flaky. Got checked, melanoma. Um, they did a biopsy on it, found it was pretty nasty, did a scan, two brain tumors, died in three weeks. Oh, Jesus Christ. What the fuck? Yeah, man. That shit gets you fast. Live your days, man. What like my- Gotta live them. Shit gets you fast. My brother in law, man. Like, had a weird, couldn't say properly out of one eye. Went to the optometrist. Optometrist called an ambulance. Really? Frontal, frontal lobe brain tumor. Jesus. Yeah. 20, what was he, 21? Killed him Killed him in a year. Fuck. Yeah. Fun times, guys. I think I was having a fucking good time. People are at work. They're like, man, I just want to listen to some fucking chill shit. <laughs> We're here. Everyone's shit. dying. People are dying. <laughs> yeah. Savage, though. Doesn't happen to the... Dead shits, though. Oh, I'm sure it happens to them equally. It's just the no fucking way it is. It. Yeah. No one no one is like, <laughs> man, it sucks that that happened to that guy. There was a shitty bouncer that we dealt with that had a motorbike accident and died and we, we had did. a beer. <laughs> yeah, <it> was- <laughs> just to give some context to that, the dude was like a creepy Tried to get me guy. locked up. Yeah, tried to get you locked up. Tried to get some girl to sh- some underage girl to show him her boobs to get into a nightclub. Gross. That was why we were not about it. And then someone was like, "He died," and we were like, "Ha!" <laughs> oh, yeah. he didn't even crash into another car. The universe just crashed. Into- <laughs> <laughs> I follow a few car searches on car sales. Like, so when interesting shit pops up, I see it. And there was a uh, Audi R8, like a new new one that someone had put a precision racing turbo kit on. Had like 1,400 horsepower on low boost. The thing was an absolute fucking animal. And it wasn't for sale for very long. And I noticed it had fallen off uh, car sales. So I was like, oh, someone must have bought it. And then I saw last night the dude who bought it pranged it. He'd had it October 17, he bought it, and it got delivered. By the 25th, he'd pranged it, and it was in four different pieces, and both him and his passenger died. Jesus. Imagine buying a car and then fucking six days later, you die in it. That's the thing with coming into money like that, like obviously being a car guy, right, like being a, a mechanic, um, that like I've built cars before where I've got in them and I'm like, yeah, this car's so far beyond my skill set of driving that I need to be really careful, like because – and then there's there's other ones like underpowered cars where you're like I don't have – 
the, enough power to get me out of the shit if mm. I'm end up in the shit. And then you can quickly go to the other end of the scale <laughs> where power gets you in, power can't get you out, mm-hmm. right? Like, and um, but you get these guys like yeah, that's why you see so many like Ferraris and Lambos and stuff getting written off because like they handle so incredibly well, and then they almost feel at speed like. They're designed to go faster, right? Like so, at speed, they actually feel like they're handling better than they do when they're being driven slow. But people have no, they have no concept of the physics of what happened. Like they don't know what it feels like when a car lets go, and they don't know what it feels like when a car's about to let go. <laughs> like you know what it's like yeah. being. So if you want to know what that feels like, just get in the car with someone that really knows how to drive and get them to drive fast around a racetrack, and you're like, you're like, I'm a second away, like. Because when you're pushing it that hard around a corner or whatever, it's like, yeah, it's holding on now, but the moment that traction goes away, all my momentum is going 70 degrees to my right. Yeah. You couple that with the fact that it's so four-wheel drive looking. as well. So yeah. you would know when a four-wheel drive car breaks out, if you go to correct it and then it grips up, it's going to pull you the other yeah, way. it's going where you're pointing. And experience quickly and talent will quickly run out. When you're yeah. talking like 14, 1500 horsepower. And people don't have the, yeah, it's it's not like I've driven a lot of fast cars. I've had a few, um, like it's it's not only that, that if you haven't like sort of slowly grown into it, I mean, you've had them for a lot longer than I have, you probably drive the pants off me, but like knowing, feeling what it's going to do and, and like being in a position where you're like, okay, if this happens, I know what to do. So your reaction's almost like you've got it, you've staged it ready to happen, right? But when people don't, they're driving these cars to this limit and they don't know what happens when the car lets go. They don't have in their mind what they do when when they feel it go. Mm-hmm. Like, so it just goes bad real fast, like real, real fast. Like, Especially when you're a passenger, when there's literally nothing you could do, for example, you know, mm. like if he's doing 200 and tried to get out of the way of something and lost control, you're a passenger at that point. There is no amount of driving the pants off that car that's going to bring it back. Yep. You just fucking hope to God. Powerful cars need a passenger side A stop, man. Yeah. 100%. It's like, nope. No, it's just... <laughs> Well, I, I'm not even joking about it. Like, how many passengers die in cars by guys being trying to be heroes? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, like, so walk, you get in walk a car. A passenger, man. You get in the car with someone. There's an inherent duty of care, but you know, you don't know about this particular situation. I reckon it was a guy who's like fucking fangirling over this car. And he's like, oh, fuck, probably videoing it for the content on Instagram. He's like, gas it, you know? Yeah. And, then and probably not a bad dude. Yeah. Mm. I right? think they're both young too, like sub 30. Yeah. But, you know, you look at even the best drivers, like Brocky pranging his Daytona on Targa, Targa West, hitting a tree and dying. Jonesy, that mate of mine who did Targa Tasmania, hit some black ice. Danny Ricardo broke his wrist last yeah. night. Yeah. Punted right. it straight into a tree, broke his back. Shit can go real wrong real fast. WRX man died. Colin, Colin McRae. McRae. That man. was in a helicopter. In a helicopter crash. <laughs> With his son. Uh, yeah, possum, son yeah, possum born got killed driving back down a hill after a stage of rally, crashed yeah. into a car coming up. Mm. Death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Death. Death. And then a thousand people got killed looking the wrong way in a foreign country and walking across the street. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's just a certain amount of like you just need to – See Putin's revenge? Dude. Jesus Christ, what a gangster. Yevgeny. 
But no, I, I don't what? think he's dead. He's what? dead. Okay, so about three months ago, maybe, not even, um, there was kind of like the most badass version of Russia's special forces. It's the Wagner Group. They're yeah. basically mercenaries. Yeah, run by but a he guy used called Evgeny Provizhny or something. Man, but he gets them out of the you jails. You do way less work at work <laughs> than you should do at work. Because you couldn't study. You don't study this shit in your own time. We study this yeah, shit. Yeah, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm all over it. <laughs> work is a construct. He uh, was um, pulling dudes out of prison to join his military <laughs> group and then took them all to Ukraine. This guy's the most gangster dude there was, right? He used to be- um, Are we still talking about Putin? <laughs> he used to be Putin's- Caterer. Personal chef. Now he ran a catering business that did all of Putin's like events and shit, but was one of the richest people in Russia. But <laughs> by the looks of it, what happened was America were like, hey, we'll give you a bunch of money to overthrow the government because you're kind of like the spear. And so they come rolling in being like, we're going to fucking overthrow Putin. It, it was never proven that it was like an American sanctioned thing. So he rolls into Moscow with the Wagner group and they're like, we're coming. It's like, oh, <laughs> what's that DMX song? <laughs> the Rough Riders roll. <laughs> <laughs> and they got like all the way in and then they were like, nah, it's all good. And they kind of shook hands and um, everyone was like, that was pretty fucking weird. And Putin was like, it's chill. It's chill. It's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then his plane got Putin's got a Kazakhstan <laughs> accent. Yeah. <laughs> then the Wag- then the Wagner group got f- Wagner group's private jet got shot out of the sky the other day. It was a suitcase bomb. Yeah, but it was <laughs> Russia. It was a suitcase bomb. Mm, yeah, that's some um, computer game shit. But there's no there's no proving that it's him. No, Russia yeah. thought it was. Yeah, a but Russian he was doing a speech. <laughs> he was doing a speech at the time. Putin was. Oh yeah. And then they like addressed it, and then he was like, "Is this uh, yes, that is something that has happened." <laughs> yeah, eight, like, it was all set up for him just to be like, "Yeah." Eight minutes before it happened, he's like, "Yes, yes, this is this has." Hang on a minute. Happened. <laughs> happened. <Yeah. laughs> like, Everybody, look to the sky now. <laughs> oh look, fireworks! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't fuck with Putin, man. Dude is undefeated. It's literally undisputed, back to back. I love it how, like, when they get quizzed on it, they're like, the US are like, well, we can't assassinate him. It's against the Geneva Convention. It's just like, that's the one you pick. (laughs) That's the one you pick to follow. Yeah. Yeah. We're not able to drone strike him because he's not um, Iranian. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Iranian That stuff only really works in the desert at weddings. Yeah, <laughs> I would have thought that like the, the, they come across as so incompetent that they they would have accidentally killed him by now. You oh, dude, look who's running that country. Yeah, like I'd say it all the time. Like I'm like, when COVID happened here, you realize that everyone that was in charge was just another dude, and they were all just sitting in a back room waiting for what? While well, they're like the pre- press conference has been delayed ten minutes. And you know they're in a room this big and they're being like, uh, like so fucking like hair salons are cool, gyms no. Um, you know, like they're just people. <laughs> and then you see like the American president, like Biden, and you're just like, 
Oh, you have dementia. Like, you actually have dementia. Yeah, clinic. Like, the dude has no fuck. They, they're kind of, like, fucking pushing his shoulders in the right direction and being like, yeah. like, they have everything but a string around him that they can pull him Yeah, so everyone asks the wrong question. They're like, oh, America, fuck, look who's running the country. I'm like, no, the terrifying thing is you can't see the person that's running the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, but the like, thing because is- Because it's, it's, it's not so ob- obviously, like, how no, is I he going to do- the terrifying thing how is- How is he going to run the country- like in high pressure situations, when he gets asked, to, he shook hands with someone that wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. I think that, that <laughs> yeah. I think that that is who's running the country. I reckon everyone gives it too much credit. Mm. I was like, they've all just backed the wrong horse, and now they have two retards. It's actually Kevin Spacey running the country. <laughs> Kaiser Soso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They need to refer- Underwood, need to refer- bro. We need to go back to boring. Frank Underwood, bring him back. Yeah. Yeah, just he pushed that chick in front of a train straight up. <laughs> yeah, and it was the right decision. It was the right decision. <laughs> it's the only man that's ever managed to sleep his way to the top, eh? <laughs> man or woman? Spacey. <laughs> yeah, what a don. Didn't he just get acquitted? He, yeah, he did. If the glove don't fit, I'm pretty he sure he quit. did. He must have quit. Yeah, he got off. What was he? Like what eight, was he charged with? No, he got off like, assault. He got off eight a, times and then didn't yeah. get charged with it. Oh, right. On what? Like a, <laughs> on, a, on, on boys, right? Young men. Yeah, extras. I think he just thought he could, he could avoid the Me Too movement if he just, if he just had sex with dudes. <laughs> Wrong. Have you seen American Beauty? It's a masterpiece. Yeah. I can't Whenever someone gets cancelled, you have to watch good. their movies in weird context. <laughs> like, I was watching, I told you this, like, I've been watching, like, old, like, early 2000s movies, and they are all produced by- Rapists. Yeah. They're all <laughs> produced by Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what happened to that girl? What happened to that girl? And then you read about it. Like, you can literally Google it, and it's like, yeah, she can- was one that came forward and stuff, and you're like, oh, scream- one doesn't hit the same anymore. That yeah, you can't you can't watch the movie for the sake of the movie anymore. Yeah, when when right at the beginning of the movie, it's like you know the star comes yeah. the star comes through the bottom of the wine stain, and you're just like it's like oh, man. <laughs> and you're like ah oh, fuck. Now every girl that comes up, you're like, I wonder if you is she okay? I wonder if you fingered her? Yeah, that fucking sucks. Yeah, I wonder if you got was- two daughters now. Do you just does it change? It, not that your opinion was any different, but does it when it comes to like that sort of shit where it's like equal pay or the idea of like not men trying to like you know like with the with the Weinstein stuff where people are like you can influence people into sleeping with you if you're a giant gross toad so that they'll get a role. With the knowledge of this, you've just got to raise your kids to be not easily influenced. Like, yeah, you need to be a parent, right? Yeah. It's so hard, especially not knowing what the world that they're growing up in with social media and stuff like that to to make. I feel like if me and Tara can raise our kids confident and opinionated, which is the hardest thing about it is – a lot of the things that make them argumentative and combative are the traits that they need to keep in order to be strong and independent when they grow up. Mm. But when you finish work and you're tired and you just want them to be compliant, <laughs> like you're fighting against your own interests, like because you, yeah, want, you want them to be 
independent and opinionated and you want to be able to have to debate with them yeah. things that they need to be do. independent and opinionated just not against me <laughs> like, <laughs> but no but it's um it's hard especially now with Addy as Addy's like uh for like you start to see a lot more of their personality and stuff and I'll and I'll watch her play with other kids and and like from time to time she'll do things where She's four, but like I just try to have a conversation with her about it, and I don't know how much of it's going in. But if I can just keep doing that, just having an honest and Tara does Tara does the same thing, like a lot better than I do. Like she's an incredible mum. Like a lot of the time, I will get frustrated and have to just remove myself from this because I'm like I've got nothing to contribute here that's going to be constructive. So I have to remove myself from the situation, whereas Tara's, and I'm sure Tara ends up in the same situation as well from time to time. But it's a fucking minefield, man. It's the most. It is the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life because it's, it's a the consequences of me getting it wrong don't fall on me; they fall on my kids. Yeah, for real. Like, which I'm a control freak, and I like having, I like being in control. Like the end result, I like being. All right, I'm 100 percent responsible for it if it. Right, right, falls on me. I can do that with my kids, but I'm not the one that gets punished for it. My kids are, you know, like it's it's an enormous it responsibility ring, and burden, yeah. but it's also like like the potentially the most rewarding thing you ever do. That's the next ring of responsibility. Yeah, man. It's me and Josh are scared to enter into. Avoiding like the plagues. We yeah. should uh, adopt. Just find you and I, yeah. You just can support it with the Patreon. I reckon there's a thirty percent chance at least one of you has a kid somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to do the research into that. <laughs> what time are we at, Scooge? We're done. Um, yeah, we got Ollie's B day. Yeah, happy birthday, Mr. Westcar, detailing Ollie jeans. And happy birthday, to my my dad. dad. Oh, happy yeah. birthday, well, his dad as well. Old man happy Noah. birthday, sir creator. That's <laughs> it. Would have been seventy. What did mom say? Seventy-two. Seventy-two today. God bless. So respect to the man. Fuck cancer. Who birthed us? Yeah. On that note, great to see you, Danny. Yeah, man. Good catch up. Strange 100%. situation to have a random catch exactly. up. Exactly. But, but why not? I'm not mad at it. Love the format though. It's good. Yeah. It's it was fun. just a it was just a conversation. I wonder how much of it'll make it in. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Peace. Peace. Peace.